fake rules are these types of rules that someone just made up one day and because it sounded really clever and it made sense for the time and the place, we've all just decided to go along with it. This is the Rich Layer Podcast. I'm your host, Athena Rodriguez, and on this podcast, we have those unfiltered conversations on pursuing your best and richest legal career. So follow us down the rabbit hole from law student to rich lawyer, because your richest life is your best life. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Rich Lawyer Podcast. I hope that you've been having a magnificent day because I know that I have. And it's always a great day for another unfiltered conversation about rich lawyer affairs. Have you ever realized that you've been living by these maxims, these rules that you've picked up when you were younger and they're not working anymore? Or these types of sayings or expressions that have, it seems like half of the truth has been left out. I have, I have, I've got a whole list of these. Let's talk about this because they've got no place in your rich life. Let's call these fake rules. They're these types of rules that someone has just made up one day and because it sounded clever and it made sense for the time and place, we've all just decided to go along with it. I remember exactly where I was when I found out when Donald Trump was to become the, the next president of America. I was in Indonesia. I was in Indonesia at the gym and I had an iPod with me and it was on its last legs. I had I remember glancing up at the television to adjust my earphones and I noticed the news on the screen. I wasn't able I wasn't able to take it seriously. It's like my at, at the time my perception of the world and my perception of how things worked was that the position for president of the United States of America was one that presumably required some sort of qualifications. Like it didn't seem that one like one simply does not just become president of one of the most powerful countries in the world. Clearly there must be some sort of vetting process or some sort of due diligence required. I at the time I just shrugged it off. I was like what an insane idea. It was what a complete insane completely insane notion. What was even more insane was the impression that Mr. Donald Trump obviously lived by a set of rules that were not the same ones that everyone else lived by. It looked like he seemed to live by his own rules and just do just just do whatever he wanted. Now I haven't followed I didn't follow his presidency in, in any type of capacity that enables me to provide any type of intelligent commentary on his policy decisions, but I am aware of some of the different types of conduct that struck me as a little bit unpre- unprecedented. And it was namely his love for for tweeting and having residential properties outside of the White House and some of the sort of questionable opinions that he had on the state of women. Now I was like, why not? So aside from wondering how on earth Americans voted for him in the first place, believing that he would make a capable leader is still beyond me. However, these little realizations led me to ask myself why I felt that some of his behavior was unpresidential. Why did some of his behaviors strike me as cringe? Well, I think that's because I believe that the head of any state is meant to be held to a higher standard than the average citizen just because they're in a position of power and because they should be leading by example. It was like a simple example of the standard is when the prime minister of Australia addresses the nation 
the language that they're using should be void of inappropriate and sort of discriminatory language and they shouldn't be holding a beer. You know, at a minimum, the individual in charge of running a country should project an image of competency. And now I question why I believe this to be true and whether or not we need to somehow go back to basics. When it comes to life rules, the shoulds and the have-tos, my favorite one is hard work guarantees success. You might be intimately familiar with this rule, you might even live by this rule because to an extent it works. In the, in the absence of hard work, you intuitively know that your chances of success are virtually zero. Maybe, you, 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 might, you might be aware of this. Um, I've been able, me personally, I've been able to go really far in life by using this simple rule until I got to a point in life where I just wasn't. It somehow seems to manifest itself in different ways when we're younger in the way that it, it lends itself to be true. It lends itself to be true for the reason that when we're younger, our lives are just simpler. You know, we have fewer obligations. And many times as a young person, you might just receive extra points and you receive recognition just for showing up and for the fact that people like you. And I think that's only one part of the story. Now, once you arrive at university, the, the work hard rule seems to not make that much sense anymore. Everyone is at university because they've worked hard to get there. To my knowledge, just because you want to go to university doesn't mean that you're going to get a spot. So at, at some point, the, the game changes from hard work equals success to Work smarter, not harder. Your strategy has to change because your environment has changed. I think we all arrive at the same destination in a similar way where we realize that this rule is either broken or there's there's something that's missing. You've probably been in a situation where you're doing exactly what's required of you and a lot of times you're going above and beyond because that's what we do. And it looks like you're not making any progress. It feels like the wheels are spinning and you're not going anywhere. Or even worse, you feel like you've given it your best, you have given your best effort in it. And it's clear that it wasn't enough and it can be absolutely devastating. So as you go along and you, you go along through life as you do and you learn to dream bigger and you learn to reach for higher goals, the road there becomes more complex and it becomes more obvious that this work hard rule, it's, it's incomplete. Work hard equals success is an incomplete rule. Now, why is this? We have to go to the root cause of this issue. And I think the root cause here is that the rule is incomplete to the extent that the concepts of hard work and success are really vague. They're not really, they're not clearly defined at all. So what is exactly, what is hard work and what is success and why has the rule changed from why is it changed to work smarter not harder when working hard is smarter than not working at all now, I'm, I'm not the first one to to google this i'm not the first one to type into google work smarter uh not harder meaning i'm not the first one to write about it i'm not the first one to um devote a podcast to the topic, that's because there's a part of this rule that just doesn't make sense on the surface. It's in, in, in a way, like it's, it's, a, it's another made up rule. Someone has said something over the, course of, over the course of time that sounded really clever and now it's caught on and we all use it, 
but I feel certain that there's a large percentage of the population that doesn't really know what it means. You know, we all use it and it's just one of those things that we don't really stop to think about what it actually means. Like, how do we apply it to our life? It sounds, it sounds like it makes sense. It sounds really valuable, but what, what do we do with it? You know, this, this becomes really apparent when you actually go to Google and you type it in, you do the search and you get pages and pages of the different versions of the same stuff. Now, I'm, I'm that person who's read an ungodly number of those articles, uh, page after page, and I've watched a similar number of YouTube videos, and I have found podcasts in the search, and I've been looking for some sort of string, some sort of unifying string that runs through every single piece of content, and I'm happy to be here to report my findings and to share them with you. These are ju these are the juicy bits. I'm gonna sh I'm gonna share what I found with you. So, work smarter, not harder, simply means that you just need to develop a clear definition of what it is that you're working towards, and you need to have a plan as to how you're going to execute that. If you want to learn how if you want to learn how to speak Italian, reading every single book that you can get your hands on about learning Italian is an example of working hard, but it's only one facet of of the language learning process. Similarly, if you show up to every lecture and you take notes but you fail to do any any other type of reading to solidify the, the topic of the lecture, chances are that you're not going to get a very high mark. Now the number of times that I've attended a lecture and realized that large portions of the assigned reading were not discussed in the lecture because of various reasons, it's usually because of excessive student participation in the way of commentary or unrelated question asking and I just find it astonishing. Now I understand that that just showing up to class is a huge undertaking in itself because there are plenty of other things that you could be doing like being comfortable in your bed uh, but that's all it's it's only part of the process. In, in my experience working smarter uh, as a student it's about being proactive in your own learning it's about being proactive in your own learning experience. So the, the proactive approach is making the effort to, to figure out what each lecture is going to be about and being mentally prepared for that versus just showing up and being introduced to that topic for the very first time. At the beginning of each unit, you're gonna be given a course outline that's going to detail exactly what's gonna be covered um, throughout the unit. So by this point, you should already have access to the prescribed textbook. And we all know that post-pandemic, most textbooks are now available online or you can get them at the library. And the recommended textbooks are there in case you want a, a second opinion on anything that's covered in the recommended textbooks. You, you don't need those. The recommended textbooks are, it's just extra. If you want to be extra, you can, you can consult those. So when you've got your book, have a look through the required have a look through that required textbook and have a quick browse through the headings that you find in that book and try and match those to to the course outline that you've got in front of you now the next proactive step is to understand like fully understand this in your mind that each unit that you're going to take that's every class it's got four parts it's got the lecture it's got the assignments it's got the assigned readings and it's got the final exams you need to do all of the assignments and you need to take the final exam if you've got any type of expectation to, to pass the unit. Now, this is where the working hard, the smart way, 
uh, comes into play. If you're like most students, you've you've definitely got other things that are competing for your attention and other things that are competing for your time outside of university. So for every single class that you take at university, you've got to decide what your goal is. Is it just to pass so that you can get a degree afterwards and just move on with your life? Or is it to do as well as you can and have a like have more and better quality opportunities when you finish that degree? I hope that it's not the first one because there, there's smarter ways to achieve that outside of getting a law degree. So if you're like me and you want to have the best opportunities for a richer life on the other side of this, then your goal for each unit should be, and it is, like that's the goal, it is to do as well as you can. Continuing along in this story, last semester I was studying at a different university and I was studying full-time and I was working full-time. Now I managed a distinction average. I believe that I, I worked smart and I worked very hard and I nearly lost my mind uh, at the end of it though. The, the semester before that I wasn't working at all and I treated my studies as my full-time job and the result of the result was that I all had only just passed each of my units. I was in the semester system uh, at, at VU we have a block system you take one unit at a time but um, at that point in time I was in the semester system so I was taking four units at once as as is normal and I was only I had only just passed my units and I nearly I at also at the time I had nearly lost my mind uh, we were in lockdown lockdown was going on forever and I was also in a room share situation which was absolutely horrendous but if we compare the two the two outcomes where I managed a distinction average where I was working full-time and studying full-time versus just studying full-time like what what did I do differently now before I mentioned that each unit it's got four components it's got the lecture it's got the assignments the assigned readings and the final exam you need to do the assignments and you need to do the final exam what you don't need to do is you do not need to read every single page and you do not need to go to every single lecture if I had to choose me personally this is my own personal opinion if I had to choose between doing a hundred pages of reading or going to lecture because I had those I had some other commitment that was non-negotiable going to lecture for me wins every single time now many times the lecture is going to it's going to cover important information that is going to be on the exam and the information covered in lecture it's not going to be something that's been taken word for word out of the textbook now where I failed in my in my bad semester was I did schoolwork seven days a week. I did I did not take a, a full day off for the entire semester. I read every single page. I attended every lecture. I went to every tutorial. I took copious amounts of notes and I began every assignment that was um, assigned to me. I began well ahead of time and I, I really expected that I was going to do better than I did. And as I said before, I, I barely passed. And I was really uh, at the time I was also really active on social media because lockdown and that's just what you do so I was I was on the social medias for my artwork account and also spending a lot of time procrastinating and uh, scrolling through the grams to make myself feel bad uh, because I wasn't living my best life already but that aside like I worked I worked really hard I was working very hard at doing what I was asked to do however 
I failed to be smart about trying to figure out how all those things fit together. Like I was just, I was working really hard at being busy. That's what I did. That's where I failed. So the four parts of each unit, they're meant to complement each other. They're not meant to serve as um, sort of standalone bits that you can, you can sort of uh, mix and match. They're not interchangeable. You need, it needs to be a full, it needs to be a full package. Now, if we compare that experience to my good semester, where I got a distinction average, I also didn't have any days off. I was on every single day. Um, at the same time, for the entire semester, I did not log in one single time to any sort of social media platform. I wasn't on Instagram, I wasn't on Facebook. I did occasionally go into YouTube to clarify something that I didn't understand in a, in a lecture or in the reading, but for the most part, I wasn't posting, I wasn't scrolling, I wasn't liking, I wasn't commenting. So I felt like I knew. Some Sometimes I slipped, I'm not saying that I was perfect, but every time that I, I distinctly remember every single minute that I spent scrolling through something was another minute that I need to stay up past my bedtime to get my readings done or to get my assignments done for, for the next class. So at that time, my, my main goal for every unit during that semester, this was just the last semester, it was to be prepared to participate in tutorials. Now that didn't require, it didn't require reading and understanding every single page that I read and or taking notes for every lecture or even going to every single lecture. Now I will add that lectures, the, the lectures that I did miss, those were, I noticed that those were my weak areas on the exams for, for both semesters. So working smart while working hard on my experience is also, it's always about having one area where you're going to go 100% in. By 100% I mean that you're going to be completing enough of the readings by whatever method you choose, either whether it's reading without taking notes or just reading summaries. You need to be doing some, some type of reading and you're going to be attending enough of the lectures to get a full picture. Now you're not going to get the full picture by doing all of the readings and never going to class and you're not going to get the full picture by never reading a, by never reading a single page and just going to all the lectures. By going to the lectures you're guaranteed to have a general idea of what your lecturer thinks is important because they're going to spend a lot of time on certain things. The smartest way to work the hardest here is to make sure that you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, you're not the first student to ever take this particular class and a summary to any topic is available on the internet for you, for you to find. Now, if you don't understand something or you really don't have the time to approach your lecturer um, in your private time or you don't want to or you can't for whatever reason, somewhere in Australia, a professor from another university or even a student has recorded her or himself and posted that video on the internet somewhere for you to watch. If it's not a video, then there's an article. So if you go to class and you pay attention, you will form a clear idea on your own about which parts of the assigned readings are going to be the most important. So go to class, take some notes, because if you're in class and you're bored, you're not paying attention. If you don't like a particular class because you find it boring, it's not your lecturer's fault. Lectures can seem boring at times because the material is just dry. Now, I think we need to be honest 
with ourselves it's like adult seriousness time you can't be expected to be entertained all the time now if you were if you were lucky enough to be studying in any type of capacity during the pandemic then you may have had the pleasure of having your lectures pre-recorded in my opinion some of those were a little bit boring because there was there was just very little interaction between you and the material and it it required superhuman strength to actually listen and to take notes now I could tell sometimes that the the lecturer must have felt bored you know sitting in a room speaking alone for into the camera for two hours a, a, an hour and a half or however long it was and sometimes I would feel sleepy but all you had to do was press pause pull yourself together and and just keep going like it is possible it's called self-discipline and we all have some so make sure that you don't leave it under your pillow before going to class if you come to class and you don't take any notes and you just let the lecturer speak at you you will get bored and it's important to not forget that the lecturer is human as well and boredom is really contagious if you ask a question class will look class will be less boring for everyone and if you don't like asking questions this is a great opportunity for you to learn how to do all types of things that you don't like doing perhaps you're asking yourself already but Athena who cares uh, what did you learn and what are you doing differently now spill the tea well that's a great question I'm glad you ask currently I'm not working full-time so I treat my studies as if it were my full-time job and I make sure to dedicate at least 40 hours a week to that endeavor following along the same lines as last semester I still have um, that means that I still have another 35 to 40 hours available to do something outside of sleeping and eating so my method to my approach to my study is that I read every single page that is assigned to me and I take notes while I read. I attend every single lecture and of course I start all of my assignments as soon as I have the knowledge to do so. When I go to lecture I don't really need I don't find that it's it's necessary to take as many notes because the the information in the lecture is not new to me. I only take notes when I come across something that I didn't pick up from doing the reading and I take notes on things that the lecturer spends a lot of time on or points that I find them repeating more than once, uh, repeating several times throughout the lecture because it does happen. And because I've already done the reading, I sometimes I can, I feel like I can, I feel prepared to, to ask a question that is a little bit more insightful in my opinion. So if for some reason I haven't um, gotten through the reading, I still take notes in the same way in lecture and I just make sure to spend more time on specific areas of the assigned readings that were discussed in class. Now when I actually do the readings, my main goal is not to understand every single word and highlight the, the life out of each page. I do highlight when I read and I do have a color coding system that that works for me you also find that not everything in the textbook is exactly relevant this becomes I find that this became it becomes really apparent when you if you take the time to compare the prescribed textbooks that's the the book that is required for your particular unit if you take the time to compare that prescribed textbook to other books that are on the recommended reading list or even um, a similar textbook that is assigned at another university um, you'll find that there's some differences and you'll find that you might prefer one textbook over the other obviously do 
focus on the book that is assigned for your unit because that's that's the information that's going to be examinable. Me personally, I take more time um, reading a textbook that is on the recommended reading list just because it's easier for me to understand uh, the way that they present the, the material behind the case law and behind the legislation. And it also has really great questions at the end of each chapter and they provide the answers to those questions um, on their website. So in those 35 to 40 hours that I have left over, I'm finding that I can enjoy my morning and my evening routine. I can exercise. I can work on this podcast. I also try to find interesting and like cool seminars and webinars that are related to like career and academic and uh, academic development. And I also try to spend a little bit of time each week to flesh out my summer plans. Now this summer um, I plan to volunteer at a law firm and I want to continue studying Portuguese and of course I do spend extra time, um, I do do extra reading um, on other areas of law that I find really interesting and I make time to drink lots of coffee because life is coffee. Now my dear reader let's summarize this work smarter not harder rule. Um, I also want to add that I still think this rule, it's its also incomplete because on the surface it really doesn't make any sense until you break down the words and you ask how much we actually need to dial down the hard work bit before we, we're being smart about this. Hard work is still going to be required to live the rich lawyer life, but how much and when? A personal example here would be making a list of tasks that you need to complete for the week. I personally use a combination of Google Calendar and my paper, my paper diary. And the aspect I like the most about um, using my paper diary is that I get to cross things off and I feel like I've achieved something really big even though it would have been something really small like buying coffee and putting it into my coffee bin. But in order to crush your weekly goals, you need to be crossing off a certain percentage of tasks they actually put on the list and it's, it's that achievement that is going to be the hard work bit of the equation that we're looking at here. So working hard the silly way would be believing that you can keep a mental list of all these things and somehow magically have everything essentially done by the end of the week. Working smarter would be breaking down that weekly list into daily lists and then once you've got that daily list you arrange each, each of those tasks according to how urgent they are. So at the top you would be they would be the things that you must do in order to be successful uh, according to your standards by the end of the week. And then at the bottom, that those are, we, we can negotiate with, with those things. So at the end of the week, if you've got items on that list that haven't been ticked off, it's important to ask yourself why they haven't been ticked off and evaluate whether or not it was just busy work. If it was busy work, don't put it on the list for the, for the next week. So the working smarter bit here would be making, it would also be actually making a slot in your diary for wasting time. I do this all the time. Working hard the silly way would be getting on your phone anytime you've got a free moment well knowing that you've got other things on your list that need attention and all of that scrolling takes away from crushing that to-do list. Also. Putting this principle into practice is something that requires practice. You're changing a habit and we all know that changing our habits is not easy.
So changing any type of habit, doesn't matter whether it's a small thing or a big thing, it takes effort and hard work is going to be, it is part of the success formula because no one is coming to do any of these boring bits or the hard bits for you. You know, this ties into having a reason for doing these hard things and that reason is something that is going to extend beyond the short term. The bigger your reason is your purpose and it's the, it's the thing that keeps your fire burning when your list of things seems impossible. It's going to be the thing that pushes you through the reading that's too dry and it's going to be the thing that pushes you when you start thinking that you really just can't be bothered doing all this stuff. So going back to the reason that um, go back to the reason why you decided to study in the first place. You might already be getting into a sort of frame of mind where you're starting to reconsider whether that reason is going to be enough to sustain you through the next few, the next few years of what is going to be a grind. So it's important to have some type of idea of what you expect from the other side of this working hard the smart way business. There has to be there has to be something that is that's waiting for you at the at the other end. So this is your homework. I want you to try this. At any point during the day when you find yourself hesitating whether you should do this thing or whether you should do that thing, I want you to ask yourself this. Is this thing that I'm debating, is this thing going to bring me closer to the rich life I want or is it going to hold me back? This rich life that we're dreaming, that we're creating, planning, strategizing on, this is a long-term plan. Time is going to pass anyway, so we might as well make it count. We might as well be doing something productive, so it's going to move us forward and not keep us where we are and definitely not um, hold us back or take us back to where we used to be. And know that who you are today is perfectly fine because you already know that you're better than who you were last year. However, the caveat to that is the person that you are today is not going to be enough for what next year is going to be demanding of you. So you go, it, it, it's, it's essential that you keep finding ways to, to become a better person, to grow and to develop and to fine tune the idea that you have for the good life that's waiting for you at the, at, on the other side of all this. So by all means, do the fun stuff, but you need to earn it. And I think that's all that I've, that I've got for today. I have rambled. I have enjoyed myself. And if you've really enjoyed our time together, please let us know on Facebook or Instagram. We're at The Rich Lawyer. And thank you for being here with me today. And I know that you'll be coming back again. So much fun in these parts. So much fun. Until then, remember that it's going to be all right. Because you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to be living your richest life. Bye, friends.